0: Welcome to Hope Church Online with Hope Church Birmingham. I'm Adam, the lead pastor, and I am so honored that you would tune in with us for this week's audio sermon. And I'm so excited because today is Palm Sunday. That's right. This message is all about the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ as he entered into in the final, really the final week of his life here on earth before he would face uh, death on the cross. But we know, as we'll celebrate in just a week from now, resurrection. Resurrection Sunday. Easter is coming. I'm pumped about it. And let me encourage you as Easter's coming, feel free to invite people. Share Hope Church, even if for some reason you can't make it. Share what we've got going on. We, You never know who's waiting for a place, waiting for an invitation that could turn into a salvation. So if you don't do me a favor, share an Easter graphic on social media, share a Hope Church post, whatever it may be, because you never know who's waiting for a little bit of hope and be praying for Easter Sunday. Be praying for uh, souls to be saved and let's see what happens. Hey, as we mentioned earlier, today is a Palm Sunday recording. So if you're catching this message at a different time, understand that this is around the theme of Palm Sunday. Why does the church celebrate Palm Sunday? Well, we celebrate the church, we celebrate Palm Sunday because it's celebrating Jesus' final week as he entered into the city or the triumphal entry, which I'm going to talk about and read here in John chapter 12 in just a moment. But we celebrate it today. Because we believe it was a celebration of the King, which is who Jesus is. He is the King. And so we celebrate who he was as the King because we know what he did as the King. But we also celebrate him because we know what the King will do. And we also believe here, hear me, within this mindset, praise is like a key. Yeah, you heard me correct. Praising God, praising the King, Jesus Christ is like a key that unlocks doors. Who knows that keys are important? I do know that keys are important. And that's why I use keychains. So I have a big one now with my, my church keys on it because Ansley bought it from me for me for some sort of ch- Christmas fair at her school. <laughs> and, and I use it and it's got it's number one dad. And it's kind of this half of a lanyard, but it's long and it's kind of just big and kind of in the way, but it helps me not lose my keys. But here's the thing about that. On this key set, when we, we inherited the, the property that we meet at for, for our church, I had all these keys. And I had all these keys, and I was like, I got to see what all these keys go to. And so I remember just having these keys, trying to figure it out which one's the right key, which one's this. And I remember taking one whole day, it felt like, and just going to all the locks in our building and just unlocking or trying to lock just to see if the key would work. You see, keys are important, but keys are specific. And when they're used for the correct lock, they work. They, they they fulfill their purpose, right? Well, what I want us to hear today is that proper praise of Jesus Christ is a key that brings freedom. Psalm 8 reminds us that praise and worship bring glory to God and protect us from enemies. He said, you shall you have established us a stronghold against our enemies to silence the foe and the avenger through the praise of children and infants. You see, when we praise God, we, we understand that God is with us. He is, he is our avenger. And this happens through praise and praising God brings freedom. When Paul was in prison and he praised and God set him free from the shackles. It was because he praised properly. And so today, as we look through John chapter 12, and as we're going to hear later, I want us to understand that as Christians, we must not simply praise, but we must praise properly. Verse 12, John 12. daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So let's, let's unpack this passage. And what I think here represented is I think there are people who praise Jesus as a king, but I think some people use the key properly and some used it improperly. But let's talk about this. So there's a large crowd is what it's described as. And we got to understand the large crowd was there because... It's the greatest of holidays in Judaism, which is the Passover. Many of these people came from Galilee, but they came from all over. And when they came, they came with lambs for sacrifice. You see, Jewish law required the Passover lamb live with the family for at least three days before sacrifice. So when Jesus came and went into Jerusalem, lambs for sacrifice would surround him and everyone else. So when he's walking through these streets, when he's riding the donk, the colt of a donkey, imagine this. There's lambs everywhere, everywhere. Josephus, the Jewish historian said that, uh, one year a census was taken on the number of lambs sacrificed and slain for Passover. And that figure was 256,500 lambs. In other words, with numbers that large, lambs literally dr- driven up to Jerusalem through the entire day. Consequently, when Jesus entered the city, He was being, that he was being entered in, surrounded by lambs. He himself being the greatest lamb and the greatest sacrifice. Think of that imagery. We know Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, so we don't have to sacrifice lambs or animals anymore, but here in his very presence, he's entering in with all these other lambs for the sacrifice and people were praising him, still not even taking in the grasp and the weight of what was taking place. Also understand this you know, we know that they used palm trees. Why did they use palm trees? I think this is important. It wasn't just because they were in abundance. They were in abundance. But to many people during this time, uh, this was kind of a patriotic parade. And palm trees were a symbol of Jewish nationalism since the time of the Maccabees, which would have been before Jesus was born. So the crowd looked to Jesus as a political savior and a national savior. Maybe not so much a spiritual savior. So they greeted him as king, even though they didn't really know what kind of king he was. They were praising him, shouting Hosanna, which literally means uh, save us or, you know, come, come rescue us, Lord, save us now. But they greet him as king because that's what they believed. And here's what I want us to hear. These palm branches were a national symbol. And so they were, they represented this and we, they would even use them on coins. And these, they were, they, it was a symbol of of nationality and patriotism. And there's nothing wrong with that. But they were trying to put a symbol on Jesus instead of recognizing what he really represented. And that that speaks to me today on this Palm Sunday message. Are there symbols that we ourselves have improperly placed on Jesus? Have I improperly placed my own version of what I think Jesus should be? I think in that 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 city in that town, I think the people had the right motives, but they had the incorrect practice. And what I think they were doing is they were looking at themselves more than they were looking at Jesus. Oh, I want to be free from Roman rule. Oh, I want to be free from Roman persecution. Oh, I want to be in back. I want my country back in the place it needs to be. And yes, God has a plan for that. But in that moment, that's not what it was about. And in that moment, they were missing it. And so, what I want us to understand is, I believe. They, they were improperly putting symbols on him because they were so concerned about their own, their own perspective and their own ways and their own person. And it's hard to look at Jesus when we're constantly looking at ourselves. Think about that. If I'm only looking at myself, looking down at my chest or down at my feet, and I'm only looking down when I'm walking around, I'm going to run into stuff. I'm going to miss people that walk by. I'm going to miss all these opportunities because I'm only looking at myself. And I think in that moment, there were people represented who improperly praised because they were looking at themselves at their own needs and they missed it. And they placed improper symbols upon Jesus. But then we see they called out his name. As I mentioned earlier, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This large crowds they're screaming, they're hollering, Hosanna, save us now, save us now. Now understand this. I do believe there is importance upon calling upon the name of Jesus. If you want to praise correctly, you need to make sure you're calling upon Jesus, not some other gods, not some crystals, not some new age spirituality. And trust me, it is prevalent in today's culture like we have not seen in a while. And I can tell you it is witchcraft and it is demonic at its source. We cannot allow things to interject itself into our walk for us to rely on. And if you know someone who's given into these things, I can tell you it will push them further into sin, further into depression, further into darkness. But instead, when we need help, we do not call upon things of the world or call upon things of Satan. We call upon the name of Jesus saying, Hosanna, save us now. They were they, at least they had the right the right the right wording in this group. They were people saying, save us now. Save us now. And then we see that Jesus, he was on a the young donkey. He was on a colt and he was sitting on this. And I believe he did this deliberate as a fulfillment of prophecy, which we read. And if you know, if you want to write this note down in Zechariah nine, nine, um, this was prophesied that he would do this, but also as a demonstration of the character of his kingdom. You see, it was a spiritual kingdom. He was coming to conquer, not a military kingdom. He came in peace, not war. He came to conquer spiritual realms. And physical realms, but in that moment and every moment, the spiritual realm trumped the physical. And so, that's what I want us to see in this passage here is there were people who were praising Jesus. There was so much imagery there with the symbols of the palms, the, the the wording they were used as they were shouting, Hosanna. And even as he's walking along the lambs, there's so much weight there. But today, what I want us to see here is that we can be in the presence of Jesus and still praise him improperly. Because if we skip down in this same chapter in verse 36, 37, Jesus has been speaking. And when when 36 says, when Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. They still did not believe in him. They had just been shouted, Hosanna. They had just taken palm trees. They had just seen him walk amongst the lambs. And here they go. And they still did not believe because there were people improperly praising And I have to wonder, have I improperly praised Jesus? Am I like those people that see Jesus walking amongst the lands and one moment I'm waving palms and the next I don't believe? It's easy to shout praise, but I can tell you, friends, it's harder to practice the discipline of praise. You see, discipline of praise is not as as catchy as the shouting of praise. What's a discipline? in the noun form it's an activity an exercise or regimen that develops or improves a skill so when we say the discipline of praise it's 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 an activity exercise or regimen that develops so when we practice the discipline of praise it's me practicing a regimen of praising jesus properly and when i think of this discipline i'm reminded of jo- joshua 6 you're going joshua yeah old testament all the way genesis <laughs> Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Joshua is where we're at, at the very beginning. You see, Joshua's there. And Joshua was the leader of Israel at that time, in Joshua 6. And we see a discipline of praise because you see God's people in Israel had encountered a great obstacle, and that was a city by the name of Jericho. And God says, I've promised you this land, but you're gonna have to follow my plan. You're gonna walk seven days, and after the seventh day, You're going to shout one. Now we know the story. They walked seven days around the city of Jericho. And on the last day, they blow their trumpets and they shout. And the walls come down and they found victory. And we're like, yeah, I like that, Pastor Adam. Let my praise bring forth some victory. Let my praise take down some walls of Jericho. And I can encourage you, friend. I believe it can when the time is right. But in today's culture, hear me, we want to shout for seven days and walk for one. Let me say that again. The Israelites walked for seven days and they shouted for one. But we want to shout for seven and walk for one. Pastor, I've been worshiping, but things are not going so well pastor, I listen to WDJC every morning, but my life has been a mess. And I think it's because we have not been properly praising. We've been shouting without substance. The same people that waved the palm trees shouting Hosanna would be the same name, same people chanting the name Barabbas in just a few short days at Jesus. They were quick to shout, but slow to properly praise because they had no substance because they had not spent time in the presence of Jesus. You see the disciples, though they were still grasping it, though they were still taking in who Jesus was, they knew he was king. And they knew this because they had walked with him. So when they shouted Hosanna, they shouted with a proper praise. But the people who had not walked with Jesus missed it. They were quick to shout, but they were slow to truly praise. And in Joshua 6, we see an image of Israel walking seven days in alignment with God's plan and purpose. And then they followed the path of praise. You see, hear me. Seven days of walking didn't diminish their shout or praise. It strengthened it. The disciples were not perfect, but they knew Jesus because they had walked with him and they knew how to use the key of praise. And I'm afraid as Christians, sometimes we're so quick to shout, so quick to come on a Sunday morning and sing and shout, yes, look what the Lord has done. We're so quick to do all of these things and there's nothing wrong with it. But are we missing a substance of true praise? Are we we missing the moments of saying, I want to spend time praising in the presence of the one who changes my path? How did Israel take down the walls of Jericho? Because they followed the path of praise that God had put before them. And they walked with him in seven days of substance. And then they shouted. And the same thing with Jesus' Jesus's disciples. They walked with him for years and seasons before they were able to just see the, the truth that he was. But there were people who came up and began to shout, but began to miss it. And so what I want us to hear today is I believe that there is freedom available for us in this church and in this community. And it's gonna start with a people who say, I'm gonna praise. Now I'm gonna praise no matter my circumstance, but I'm also gonna praise properly. And so I wanna look, look at seven ways of worship and praise defined in the Old Testament. I'm gonna give you some Hebrew words. The first one is barak, which means to kneel, to bless God, to bow down. In Psalm 72, verse 12 through 15 said, he will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. Long live the king. May the people always praise for him and bless him all day long. This is an example. They were blessing God. Means to bow down, to kneel before, communicate to the Lord a place of importance. Barak is not done out of begging attitude, but an expectant attitude. So when we praise, we can praise and in an, an expectant submission before Him. The second one I want us to look at is halal. We can celebrate. Halal means to be clear, to shine, to 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 show, to rave, to celebrate, to to be clamorous. David appointed the following Israelites to lead the people in worship before the ark of the Lord, to invoke his blessings, to give thanks and to praise the Lord. They were to do this. Halal appears more than 110 times in the Old Testament. 110 times. It's a wondrous noise of talking about how good God is. We get to do that. We get to make a wondrous racket. Talking about how good God is, boasting proudly of who he is. I'm going to keep moving. The third is Shabak, to shout loudly, to command. Psalm 47, 1, come, everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. Shabak means to shout loudly or command. Of course, it's it's simply, it isn't simply just being loud. It's f- to focus with worshiping the Lord with one's whole being. So, so I'm, I'm focusing him with loud focus. I'm praising him. I'm not distracted about this week. I'm not distracted about what has happened or what's going to happen. I'm focusing on him. Then I'm probably going to butcher this to to sing praises, singing out the spirit spontaneously. Psalm 22:3 three, but you are holy who dwell in the praises of Israel This is unrehearsed, unplanned praises. It can include adding words to an existing song. So this is sometimes, you ever found yourself just worshiping God? Maybe you're singing a song that you know or you loosely know. I've got some old worship songs that are just stuck in my head that I'll just start singing. Like, holy, holy, holy. And I'll start singing these songs and I don't even know all the verses. But sometimes when I'm praising God, I don't have to know all the verses. I just got to be singing to Him, and and I think that's an example of tah- tahila, which is what we can do, which is just to sing, cry out spontaneously. Then the fifth one, tawda, extending hands, acting out thanksgiving for what's been done. So ex- extending your hands. And thanking God. Why do we lift our hands? What's well, an act of submission, but it's also a way of thanking God for what He's done. Six yada, extending hands vigorously. It's a little bit different. So this is like moving. This is this is complete surrender. Second Chronicles twenty twenty one references this after. Consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they saying: Give thanks. So they were they were vigorously, passionately praising. And then seven, the final one, Zamar, to touch the strings, to make music with instruments, rejoicing. This is like David using the harp or the lyre. It's like a, a, a musician playing the guitar, doing it in a way. That brings forth praise. We have the ability. And I named seven different types of forms of postures or acts of worship that we can do. And what I want you to do today is I want you to take moments. Even after I finish this, just to praise God. Not just to shout, but to sit and praise. Not just to check off a list, but to be in the moment and praise him because his son Jesus entered triumphantly that day 2,000 years ago into Jerusalem in Passover day. He was praised Hosanna. And what I want you to hear today is you and I can do the same praising today. We can sing Hosanna. We can shout before him. We could submit ourselves before him, but we need to do it with substance. One where we're not betraying him in a few days later, but one that says, I will praise your name, Jesus. I will con- Continue to call on your name, Jesus, because I believe when I do, it opens up doors of freedom for me and others. So I have to ask you today, would you praise more if your life depended on it? Would you praise Jesus more if your life depended on it? Well, guess what? Your quality of life does. So today, let's choose freedom. Let's choose to praise our King. God, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you for just having another opportunity to praise you and to walk in the presence of your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that we will be encouraged to praise you more this week as we're leading up to Easter that we'll continue to sing praises and thanksgiving and we'll take on a posture of proper praise. Lord, I thank you for who you are and what you've done. In your name we pray, amen. Well, friends, once again, thank you for tuning in for this week's audio recording. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you found hope. And now, as we say, once you find hope, it's time to bring it to a world in need. It's time to be a hope hustler. So look for people this week that you can show an attitude of praise to. But not only that, look for someone this week that you can point to Easter and point to the hope of Jesus. Well, friends, if you want to connect more, you can connect at HopeChurchBHM.com slash connect. You can follow us on all social media accounts at HopeChurchBHM. Or if you say, I want to give and connect to Hope Church or I want to give offering to, you can do so at HopeChurchBHM.com slash give. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you real soon.